Hello, friend. Welcome. Carm Capriato here with episode 505 of Remarkable Results Radio. Now, it's always great to meet the guests that I've interviewed in person, especially ones that live and work 10,000 miles away from my studio. I think you can sometimes get caught up a bit, and I'm talking from a numbers viewpoint, and that's what I deal with every day. You can get over-focused on your KPIs and less focused on your customer. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello, Carm Capriato, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast Guy here. You know, at Apex 2019, I had the pleasure to interview Ken Christie and Mark Higgins of BM Performance Center in Williamstown, Victoria, Australia. For those new to the show, Ken is the Chief Financial Officer of Australian Bank, while Mark is the co-owner with Ken of BM Performance Center and is a BMW Master Tech. Now, both shared the same passion and love for cars that resulted in their partnership in BM Performance Center. Now, I interviewed them before. Now, back in episode 379 was our first interview. We got a glimpse into the Australian aftermarket and heard about their startup. This partnership is working well, and I was curious for an update on this very, very unique partnership. I am grateful to have you on board with the aftermarket's largest collection of audio workshops. You know, helping you grow and develop is one of our highest priorities. And that leads me to the excitement that's increasing with the 2020 Napa Expo. Remarkable Results Radio is so proud to partner with Napa Auto Care. Join Napa, including suppliers, industry experts, and your peers in Las Vegas on April 6th through 9th, 2020. It's coming up soon, and it's where you'll discover the latest news, trends, and industry information. If you have not yet contacted your Napa store for the details on how to enroll, then it's a must. And I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Hey, please don't forget about the big change in how you listen to the podcasts. You need to know that all three shows we produce for you now have their own feed, and you keep listening for free. So since you already have your subscription to Remarkable Results Radio, now you need to subscribe to the Town Hall Academy and the For the Record podcast. You just search for them in your listening app. Now, you don't want to miss an episode at all. There's so many good things going on. Get more details on how to actually do this on my app page at RemarkableResults.biz. And thank you so much for adding Town Hall Academy and For the Record to your free subscription listening app. You'll also find a video showing options on my home and apps page. Hey, this episode's Talking Points with Ken and Mark can be found at RemarkableResults.biz slash E505. Had you noticed we've done some episodes on partnerships lately, which leads me to Mark Higgins and Ken Christie that are 18 months into their partnership and business. They recently added a new tech, and they now offer another niche car brand to their BMW experience. I wanted to know how their partnership was working and if their business case was on target. I also wanted to know if Mark was still in the shop turning wrenches and writing service. Mark and Ken are great people, and they'll provide some excellent insights for you on marketing, labor rates, and how their partnership works. Enjoy this trip down under. Hey, P.S., at the time of this recording, the Australian bushfires were not a reality. Our hearts go out to the people of Australia for their devastating losses. I did reach out to Ken and Mark to see if they were okay, and they were. Hey, live at Apex 19, and I'm in the... uh, this beautiful studio I have here on level two with some really special, special guests all the way from Australia. Yes, 
I asked Ken here just before we went on what time it is at this current moment in Australia, and he said it's 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, that's correct. But yeah. it's the day before, the day after, something like that. Day before. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, hell, uh, when I got up at uh, 3 this morning, it was really uh, 6 o'clock at home for me. So I don't know how the hell you guys are adjusting. I don't. Glad you glad you're here. We did an episode. Uh, in fact, who's with me? <laughs> Ken Christie from uh, BM Performance Center, and uh, he's also the CFO of Australian Bank. Nice to have you. Hey, welcome to be here, Ken. I'm glad you're here. And Mark Higgins, his partner at BM Performance Center. Hello again. Hey, and uh, by the way, why are they here? Well, because I became friends of these guys back in episode 379. Almost about one year ago, that episode released. And, you know, after we did that episode, I, I don't know if I said it in the episode or I said it in passing. I said, we got to get together. If you're ever, you know, stateside, let's sit down and let's get an update on this fresh, new, young business and how you get along out there over in Australia. And maybe by the time the podcast is over with, I will be speaking Australian slang <laughs> or something, right? Unlikely. So, <laughs> Unlike so, okay, uh, eighteen months old. The business. Uh, for, we're going to talk about why you're here, and, and, and you know what your mission is uh, to come, you know, over here to the states and come to Apex SEMA. But how's the business, guys? What's going on? Ken's the best one yeah, for well, this. Yeah, you're okay. each pointing yeah. to each other. Yeah, well, no, it's going to take the lead here. Now we've been um, exceptionally happy. In fact, um, part of the reason we're here, we set ourselves a whole lot of goals in the business. Yeah, uh, around customers and. You know what we're going to do financially and uh, fortunately for us that all came to fruition and mark and i made the decision to come over to seema and apex just to have a look around um we were at a dinner last night in fact there was like 80 people i think from australia who came over from for seema and apex but the business is going really well um i think the important thing is we pivoted a little bit um we sort of do Audi and Volkswagen, and we've got a really talented technician who's got a lot of experience in that space. Wait a minute. That was the pivot that you did? You added Audi and Volkswagen? Yeah. We were exclusively Mini and BMW, yeah, yeah. and um, we've done a couple of things. We've, we're just in the process of building another track car as well, a Mini JCW that Mark's going to run. But the business itself has got bigger and bigger and busier and busier, which has been terrific. So really good. Any problem finding people? Um, luckily, I knew someone that was in the in the market, shall we say, for a job. And um, he was very experienced in Volkswagen and Audi, so it was perfect. It's always great to be able to go to someone you know. Absolutely. Was that, was that a person that you've been interviewing in the past or a really good friend? Um, good friend, but I also worked with him um, quite a few years ago and then he's we've always kept in touch and we're actually quite good friends out of work as well so it's handy good for you i mean that just kind of fell into place didn't it yes i mean you got the people you, there's you, there's nothing you can't do right that's right you can't do almost, it without people almost <laughs> yeah. absolutely right almost so was this the first entry into being in the, in business for you mark yes what a great partner or mentor you would have he's, he's okay he's okay yeah. <laughs> just okay well we'll talk about his faults later oh, yeah <laughs> the cfo of australian bank i mean what what better kind of financial guidance could you get how big is the bank uh we're pretty big we've got uh 750 billion dollar balance sheet and uh yeah 
It's it's a big bank. It's a big bank. Wow, and awesome responsibilities. So there's no doubt that, you know, on the financial side, uh, it, as far as the challenges that you've seen, Ken, running a service professional operation, uh, was there any any surprises for you? No, when, I think when we uh, we wrote the business case, which I think you, you got a copy yeah, of, did, and yeah. the financials, um, everything's turned out pretty much as we thought. Uh, I think probably margins have been slightly less, but volumes have probably been higher. Um, I think Mark would be fair to say, what, 50-50 now, Audi, Volkswagen, BMW Mini, roughly? Yeah. yeah. I mean, your, your volume is 50-50 right now? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, uh, well, how long ago did you add uh, Audi and VW? Six months? Six months ago. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Your, your business is 18 months in. You started that six months ago, and now it's half of your volume. Yep. Yeah. So we're probably... Beautiful. Know, it's exploded on that side of it. It's beautiful. Mm. Now, your labor rate was... You told me way back it was 175, right? Is that, it still there? That remains the same. It remains the same? Yep. Yeah. Come on, boss. Yeah, exactly. No, we won't be putting that up. We're pretty comfortable <laughs> with that. It's, uh, You're comfortable with it, but are you making money at it? Yep. Yeah. Ah, see, all right. Mm. There's the answer. Yeah. So it's been uh, it's been a really uh, fun journey, I suppose, more than anything, and I think from a learning opportunity for both Mark and I to really learn how to build a business and then how to pivot that business. And you know, long term, you know, uh, I'm going to be moving out. I've got some stuff at the workshop, a bit of a sort of a couple of cars and bits and pieces at the workshop, but we're just running out of space. So. Um, Next uh, May, I'll be moving out of the workshop entirely, so Mark will have the uh, workshop because they need more space. So, so. You, used to, you used to keep your toys there, right? Oh, just one or two of them. <laughs> Not that they got driven very much. <laughs> one hasn't been driven at all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, hey, listen, my go. friend, my partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> though, though, interestingly, um, we are building a mini JCW, or Mark's building a, a mini JCW Cooper AS, and because um, I've got a BMW M3 that I run, and he's hoping to sort of pass me on the track. That's what he's hoping. Ah, I get it. A little friendly competition, huh? Mm. Doesn't hurt. So, so Mark, new into business, eighteen months. Um, look back, your biggest challenge: the responsibility of just the whole thing. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, everything. It's hard. Like before, you just turn up to work, go home. And then uh, now you sort of have to take it home with you and you're always thinking about it at some point. Take it home with you. Mm. Oh boy, my listeners, our listeners can relate to that. Mm. Um, any business training coming at you? Just, just Ken, just really? firing everything at me. <laughs> okay. Everything. Though I, I do think that, um, you know, I think the lesson that I've learned is that how do you, we had a quite a clear agreement, you know, what's Mark's responsibilities, what's my responsibilities from a financial viewpoint. And um, I think what I've learned is that I, you just got to empower whoever has got that responsibility and let them to run with it. And I probably tried to, I suppose, put my nose in a couple of times, why are we doing this? And Yeah, but that's in, okay. That's, I mean, are, are you guys 50-50? Yeah. Okay. Well, then you can put half your nose in and <laughs> he could put the other half. I think yeah, it's a form of bullying sometimes. <laughs> 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 that's but, big over here. But, but, I, but I think I, the thing that I've learned to do is, is probably, I don't know, Mark will probably give you a view, is probably sort of back away from that and sort of I've got to run the financials and, and you know, we, we catch up for dinner, you know, once a month to go through the financials and, um, 
you know, it's really good because we, we sort of unpack those, you know, in a quite a detailed way. But I think the big transition that I've seen is, is Mark's knowledge and financial expertise is, you know, certainly I think uh, stronger than when we started 18 months ago. So you're learning. Yeah. I think and I'm that. learning the opposite. I'm learning everything about cars. Got it. And, and you know, what's interesting is that you, you guys are partners, but you're the, if you will, managing partner because you're there. Yep. Every day, are, are are you actually turning wrenches? Yes. Well, when are you yes. going to stop doing that? Um, plan is once once Ken gets all of his toys out of the workshop. Ah, more throughput in the bays, and now you've got, you've got you really have to take a new roll on. I'm just pu- pushing the blame around at the moment. <laughs> what's holding us back? Yeah. But um, yeah, once we get probably another another tech in, and then I'll scale back a bit and be more office bound slash. I still want to be in the workshop because I will miss it. Are you waking up at two o'clock in the morning? No, thank no? God. And thank God. Only oh. when I'm here. Are you Are you over the shop, uh, Ken? No, I don't. Get, I don't get to the shop that often. I probably once a week I drop by and do bits and pieces. Wow, um, well, how lucky could you be? I know. Think about it. Huh? Yeah. I mean, the bullying only happens. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try and make our passings. Yeah. Not meet. Yeah, and I'm usually there on the weekends yeah. tinkering. All right. So, so what I'm seeing here in the studio is that you guys actually get along. Is this just a show, or is this is this real? No, we do. No, we, we do, do get, get along. along. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's act like we love each other here <laughs> with Car. <laughs> I could tell the last time you guys were on that yeah, you got along. You know what's interesting is that if you go back to listen to the the episode that I did with those guys uh, with you guys in November 2018, episode 379. Ken coming from, you know, Australian banks, $750 billion, you would think that he sees and has seen enough um, business plans, business cases to approve loans against that he would not create something, you know, incredible for your business. How lucky could you be to have things laid out like that? And are you on plan? Yes, I think so. Um, I think we are on plan for what we predicted. But um, at the beginning, I've got to be honest, people did say... What's his actual motive for this? Because why? Ah. Yeah. And did you ever find that out? Still trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, what we have started to, we have both originally put equity into the business and we've started to repay that equity, um, which has been good. So really? the business has been cash flow positive from day one, pretty much. Yeah. We've never had a, yeah. So it's, it's, it's always been pos- cash flow positive. Did you take the rent or not? No, no rent for the first three years. There you go, cash another flow eight, positive. Another eighteen months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, now that's a, that's a great plan. You know that in eighteen months, uh, at least according to the agreement, it will change. Unless you bully back and say, "Hey, give me," <laughs> right? I mean, how could you be paying equity back if you're not paying rent? Yeah, yeah, and I think that was our key from our viewpoint. Um, you know, the ability to fund everything that we needed to do, including buying a lot of new tools along the way that we needed, yeah. and to be able to repay equity has been a really good outcome. And, you know, certainly by the time 18 months comes when the business is going to pay rent, um, I'll be out of the workshop entirely, but yeah. the cash flow will be there to support the rent. So um, we've got plenty of time. Perfect, perfect. Well, you guys will know. And, you know, you say, hey, look, it's strong enough. It's time for the rent. And and if, and if if it comes to plan, and you guys have pivoted in the last six months, you're not afraid to make changes. And, and, and you know, I think that's really key. I mean, did you guys get together and say, "Hey, we, we need to expand to VW and Audi," or did, did did how how did that decision to grow that those brands come up? 
I think it was a case of we needed more workflow through the workshop. And then obviously Luke, who's in the workshop now, he specialized in that area and we thought, why not? Let's explore it. Would be it. A beautiful marriage, right? Yeah. But, but let's go back to workflow. Why couldn't you improve your workflow with just BMW? The volume of cars for just me, it was enough, but not for another technician to come in. How hard is it going to be to replace your BMW knowledge when you need to lift yourself out of that bay? I've learned a lot since Luke's been there. The Audi and Volkswagen are very different things to BMWs. So um, it's been good learning about them. But who, okay, you think you can find a replacement for you? And then, and then help that individual know as, learn as much as you know? I've got someone in mind. Oh, Ooh, all right. Well, that's good. And that's good. I mean, you know, your ego may, may hold you in that bay, <laughs> which, which if you think about so many of the, uh, the struggling businesses in, here in the States, in North America, they've teched their whole life. They ran a business and they said, I can run a business and wrench. And they never pull themselves out. And the other segment of the business falters because they're not marketing. They're, they're doing all the wrong things as the CEO. And, and to me, that's, that's the warning that comes from every struggling shop owner who is successful now. You know, become, you know, stop working in your business, work on it. And I, I do think, though, that uh, when we decided to pivot to Audi, Volkswagen, we made some small investments in software and um, some card drops and our Facebook site and a few other things. And fortunately, those pivots worked. And I think it would be fair to say that it's still probably the card drop and Facebook are our two strongest yeah, marketing. Definitely. Lots of word of mouth though now. Hey, it's Carm here talking to you about what the Napa Auto Care Center program can do for your business. Now, you probably already know the Napa brand is the most recognized and trusted name in the automotive aftermarket industry. In fact, studies show that 95% of consumers recognize Napa and associate it with quality parts, service, and technical expertise. So why not complete a pro-image upgrade and take advantage of that? Pro-image is a co-branding program for the exterior and interior of your shop. On the outside, it includes the Napa colors and distinctive Napa signage. While the public may know you as a reliable locally owned business, a pro-image upgrade helps set your shop apart from the competition even further. It's also a visual signal to customers and potential customers that you and Napa are partners. Most importantly, ProImage really works. This co-branding opportunity has helped Napa Auto Care Centers across the country increase their car counts and sales. In fact, those that have completed a ProImage project enjoy an average 23% sales increase during the first year. ProImage upgrades are also available for the interior of your shop. A ProImage interior upgrade transforms your customer waiting area from merely utilitarian to warm and welcoming. The goal is to maintain your shop's independent identity while enhancing the customer's experience. You can get a free look at what a pro-image exterior and interior upgrade could look like by visiting the Napa Auto Care member site and clicking on the Napa Pro-Image link under the Napa Pro-Image tab. Or contact your local Napa Auto Parts store. Your servicing Napa store can tell you more about Pro-Image plus the hundreds of other reasons to become part of the Napa Auto Care family, the largest network of independent automotive repair shops in the country. I remember from episode 379, you talked about car drops. And you said, hey, it's something I could do for the business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we both can do it. Uh, but, 
Yeah, for me, it's a great form of exercise. And what one of the interesting things on the pivot, which uh, I always used to say to Mark, is, you know, you'd go and do car drops on BMWs and minis, and where we live, where there's not anybody who looks after those two vehicles, but there was lots of VWs and Audis, and for the same car card drop you know you could be on the road you know dropping cards and i think we doubled the number of cards because and interestingly that transformed automatically to volume that came in the workshop through card cut through card dropping and we got that idea from your show and um but it's great exercise because you can do a you know a big car park or a shopping center or a mall really quickly and um hit double the cars you okay, know. so so give me an example. Big mall, you know, you start at one end and you work to the other. You got the stack of cards. What are they like? A four by five index? Uh, no, probably eight by four. Eight by four. So they're not this size. No, my okay. DL. I think they're called DL okay, size. Okay, so they're bigger. How many in the car park that would be there would qualify for a card? Thirty percent or less? Ten percent? Say probably twenty percent. Twenty percent. Right, so twenty yeah. percent. So there's a lot of. Uh, your vehicles in in the car park. Yeah. Yeah. And you can be quite targeted as well. <laughs> yeah, but I think the interesting thing when you drop the cards is if you're going for a walk to drop BMWs and minis, well, it's the same card walk that yeah. you're going to do, but yeah. you just happen to walk past an Audi and a Volkswagen. Yeah. So from that viewpoint, it compounds itself. Absolutely. No, no more cost of, or, you know, of your time to do that. Yeah. So when you guys decided to do BMW and Audi and you added, the, you had to have a new card made to talk about your, your new line. Were you the one, Ken, who went out and did it or did you both do it? Both done it. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. So he taught you how to drop cards, huh? I like a pro. <laughs> <laughs> though, though the reality is I, I actually quite enjoy doing it because I can see a business benefit and I can see a health benefit from doing a lot of walking. So, you know. Perfect. What a great answer. <laughs> Remember, everyone, Ken got the idea from our show, but now he's telling you that there's a health benefit for it. <laughs> well, that's great. Okay, so you're here in the state. You flew to L.A., drove over the desert to, to come down here to Las Vegas. You spent a day at SEMA now, and now you're going to spend here a day at Apex. What have you guys taken away so far? It's big. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, there's a lot of info to process. Yeah. Um, just hopefully we just get something out of it, which I'm sure we will. There's no doubt. What do you, what's your mission? I mean, you know, you, uh, you probably got a plan. What is it? Uh, for me, and um, it was really to listen to some of the uh, different training that's going on about what people are doing in their businesses. So, mm-hmm. And then secondly, to try and identify a couple of products, I suppose, that we could bring back to Australia as a distributor. That's, and a, that's interesting, interesting well. that you would want to do that. Now, give me an idea of what type of product. For, mainly on the aftermarket side, we're talking to a company at the moment uh, around their turbo intercoolers okay. and their right. cooling systems, which is not, we have those in Australia, but it's not as crowded. And if we don't want to compete on price, we really want to be able to control the destiny of the price in our own workshop and if we sell it and distribute it to other states. And most of the indent that you have to buy, you can buy, you don't have to hold lots of stock. So um, for me, that was the purpose of coming here. And I think it was also the big thing was we set a set of goals in the business to be able to to come here and we achieve those so in some ways it's great to step out of the business for five days and just see what other people are doing and take a different perspective and uh, that's what it's enabled us to do you have family in the states uh, ken don't you 
Yeah, yeah, my uh, in-laws are in New York and um, my wife's a born and bred New Yorker and my daughter's a US and Australian citizen just like my wife is. Do they know you're here? They do, yeah. Mm. She let me have a leave pass for five days. Mark got a leave pass as well for five days because his wife had been away recently back to the UK. So you're not going to visit them? Uh, no, I did speak to my in-laws and said that I was coming to Vegas and they said, Are we, am I going to New York? I said, I just don't have time this trip, but I'll see you in uh, later in the year. So uh, uh, I'll probably be back. We uh, Part of the deal I cut with my wife when she moved to Australia, that was 14 or 15 years ago, that we would go home for um, to visit her parents mm-hmm. and then rotate Christmas and Thanksgiving. And that was a deal I cut. 15 years ago on the deal that she moved to Australia. Did you sign an agreement? No, but she's held me brutally to it uh, <laughs> every year. So we uh, we go and visit the uh, in-laws pretty regularly, uh, or I sometimes, the outlaws, but the in-laws. We go and visit the in-laws pretty regularly. But Mark's had the in-laws over in bits and pieces, yeah. So Yeah. I asked you about challenges. Uh, what opportunities do you see in the next 18 months for the company? Oh, I think the big opportunity for us is uh, once I move out early next year uh, is just to continue to grow the business because it'll be a sort of four-host workshop and ideally sort of move to, you know, close to three techs and mark. That would be, a that would be a, I suppose, an ultra success at the end of the three, three years to have that up and running. You know, to me, that would be a great plan. We know we're profitable now after drawing wages and everything but that would make it more profitable but also allow the business to grow and and i think you've got to have that pathway to be able to grow you know uh, there's a lot of people listening to this trying to figure you guys out no rent but that was part of the agreement uh profitable in 18 months they're saying how the hell did they do that okay it's australia maybe there's something different bmw vw audi I want to ask you something very personal, and you don't have to ask it, answer it, okay? Ken, are you taking a salary out of the business? Oh, no, definitely not. Okay, so so that goes back to uh, if this was a true partnership here with two salaries drawn, there would be rent to be paid or something like that. So you've got yourself an advantage. I'm looking at Mark now, and, and that's, that's fabulous. I mean, I don't think you could find a partner that would be willing to say no rent and no salary because... Obviously, he's. You probably look at him and says, "You're well healed. You don't need to." You don't well, need I don't to work. Do I don't work in the business to actually even pay a salary because I only do the accounts. Mark yeah. Mark runs entirely the workshop, Got so it. it makes sense. It really does. You're, you're not a you're not a working partner, but yet you are. Yeah, like most silent partners would never ever draw a salary anyway. Good so, right. I think the only advantage is just the rent free because yeah. you know, everything else is costed up through the business like a normal business. But we've been. We were profitable the first year and we're profitable again. We've had another great month this month. And in fact, we're just waiting on the final figures to come in on a couple of things and a couple of invoices, but we've had a really good month this month. So five years down the road, guys, another, another store or this, this will be bigger. If it's going the way it is, it will come to a bit of a plateau at some point, I'm sure, but, um, we might have outgrown it. Maybe is it a trend in Australia to, grow multiple stores no I, I don't think it is the couple that i have known have struggled trying to grow to different sites so i'm not sure have they ever told you why no is there a networking uh, group or facility you know that you could get together with other shop owners and and talk about stuff 
Nothing like there is here, no. Nothing like here. No. I mean, do you have a business coaching uh, industry? We don't, not certainly in our industry. I think the the pivot to a second store for us or a second location will be probably more of an equity ownership where we can okay. share different things where I genuinely think after being in the industry for 18 months, you really need to have the equivalent of a mark working there who's got a vested interest in the business. And I think that ability to pivot to a second store is you've got to have equity ownership. And I think the only way you do that often is bring a partner into the business or you identify another area where there's an open market and you take an equity stake in it, but you make sure that there's like an owner manager who's in running it, but you try and share like one set of accounts, you try and, you know, so you do things one way, same way. From a tooling viewpoint, you know, you could get away with less tooling because you could share tooling between the stores uh, and things like that. But that's, I think if we, that would probably be the case. I think we would struggle to just have marked between two stores unless we had someone like a Luke who were brought in who wanted to buy in equity eventually yeah, and yeah. wanted to do something. I'm doing an interview here with Mark Roberts and John Long and that's how Mark is growing his business, his multiple locations is with uh, equity equity owners. I think you've got to have an interest into it to make it work. Yeah, because it does consume a lot of your mind and it's hard to get an employee to have that same mindset as an owner-manager mindset and I think if you have that owner-manager mindset, I think if, like, if we started a second store, uh, you'd have the technical expertise, but I think we could help the equity owner with everything that we've learned over the last couple of years to transform that business more quickly so it could be profitable more quickly. Mm-hmm. We, we sort of got an idea of what works, what doesn't work marketing-wise, so our ability to pivot and leverage that would be probably make the incoming equity owner with us as an equity owner greater certainty of profitability and and in turn you know growth i suppose why isn't there no coaching industry for the service professional in australia or maybe there is one you guys just don't know about it that might be the case all right because you don't need you didn't have to look for it are you guys measuring kpis like uh, uh, shop efficiency and yeah, you're looking at car count. Yeah, you're looking at gross margin per hour and all. Are you doing that that kind of financial detail? Probably not to that extent at the moment. No, not like we do here. Yeah. Okay. Like, sweating, sweating every KPI. Yeah. yeah. When I used to work in the like the main dealers, that was a big factor. Yeah. But um, I think it's less of a factor at the moment because because we're not at that level. You're not. At, you're not at the. You're not at the super hurting moment. I don't think you guys will let yourselves ever no. get there. And to a point, though, uh, if you grow, you've got to almost have a little tighter handle. Yeah, I think there's um, – we've got a really good handle on our financials. Right. Um, we run uh, workshop software as our core underlying, and that interfaces into zero, which is our accounting package. But we can run a P&L any day, yeah. and the reality is is that – we're profitable. You're paying the bills. There's money in the bottom line, and and you're drawing your salary, and that's all that matters, right? Yeah, well, I suppose for us, it's less around car count because I think you can get sometimes a bit myopically focused. And as we said in the previous episode, to build longevity to the business, the customer has got to be absolutely at the center of the conversation. And mm-hmm. if you look at our Facebook reviews, they're outstanding. And I think you can sometimes get caught up a bit, and I'm talking from a numbers viewpoint, and that's what I deal with every day. You can get over-focused over on your KPIs and less focused on your customer. Wait a minute. You would know this. Analysis paralysis, right? 
Well, we measure everything at the bank. And uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. He smiled when I said that. I mean, as the CFO of Australian Bank, uh, do you find that happening? Analysis paralysis? Do you, you guys are overthinking stuff? Uh, when you're running a profit and loss in a balance sheet the size of the bank, you have to be across. You know, it has to be. There. But the reality is, but I, you haven't done that to Ken or to, to Mark. No, yeah. I think the big difference for us is. I think if you focus on the customer, and we've done that, and Mark's exceptional at that, and the customer loves what you're doing, they'll come back, and you can get overemphasized on metrics. And I think as long as you're making profitable business and you're making profit at the end of every month and that profit's growing, mm-hmm. I wouldn't myopically focus on every metric. You know, I think if you focus on the customer myopically, I think you get a greater outcome long-term if you want to build a long-term business than worrying whether it's car count or average margin order or gross profit margin. We know that profit margins vary on products between oil and BMW parts and whatever. So you can keep targeting things, but you disproportionately spend your time worrying about that and not worrying about the customer. And if you worry about the customer, I think you're going to get a very long-term different outcome. What's the margin on the parts? It varies depending on what you go for. At the end of the end of the month, P&L, what's it say? I think it's around about 30%, isn't it? Yeah, about 30%. Wow, I mean, see, that would be unacceptable at this end of town. But, but mm. are you buying a lot of dealer parts? Um, not too much. We try and avoid it. But um, obviously, sometimes you don't have no choice. It's, it's just totally unacceptable. Couldn't you raise it 20% and still keep your customer? It's a tight one. It is. Because people are very focused on price, should we say. Then you need to raise the labor rate. But the labour rate at 175, you know, an hour is, you know, we make our margin. It's like anything. You could say, well, let's focus on gross margin on product and ignore, you know, the return rate you're getting on labour. In the end, it's got to be a combination that works for your business and works for your customers. And I think if you think of all of our repeat customers who continue to come back, we think that margin price volume is about right and we think that the the certainly hourly rate is about right so Mm -hmm. i think we've found a sweet spot it'd be fair to say i'm Um, not telling you what to do i was just kind of challenging your thinking there yeah customers love and trust you man i'd like to think so the feedback i get is pretty good that's good and we try and do the right thing as well yeah so we try and show them if a part has failed we try and show them the part so they actually know what they're paying for because a lot of people struggle that side of it we try and give them the photos and everything just to make it uh, so you're doing digital vehicle yeah. inspections good yeah. for you good for you wow they help I, and i've noticed that even when i've occasionally popped in the workshop and i don't pop in at all during the week because i'm working there mark thinks i occasionally drop in occasionally but you know i've it's it's really interesting to watch mark with customers and i was there one day and a customer came in just with a light on or, or it was just a check and you know, it was just a top-up, a coolant fluid or whatever, and Mark just sort of did it straight away. And the customer was just, you know, no cost, it was thanks, you know, out the door. And, you know, that customer will be back every time for their every service. Time. Yeah. yeah, every time. You, I think you just got to continually focus on the long-term health of the business and how you can grow the long-term health. And I'm a great believer, and I think Mark is as well, if you focus on the right thing and the right outcome for the customer rather than everything, everything else will generally fold in place. Little rapid fire questions, totally off the record. Mark, what's your favorite comfort food? Um, I'd go a burger. A burger? Yes. How do you like your eggs? Uh, over easy. What's your earliest memory from childhood? Go karting. Ah. 
Ken, someone you truly admire. Uh, my father. Excellent. Uh, one piece of advice my father gave me in business that I've um, that I've taken into my life, and it's always to recruit. Uh, certainly in business, people who are much better and brighter than you are. And if you do that, um, it makes life a lot easier. And I think even in our business, you know, the meeting of the minds and when we built this business together with Mark and I, you know, I think we had a meeting of the minds and I just I just had this feeling that there was a great opportunity to grow. And so you sometimes got to go with your gut and just your feel. And Just love to see what you guys have done. Final word, man. Just treat everyone respectfully, and I think it'll look after itself after a while. It's amazing how that mm. works, huh? Mm. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Ken Christie from BM Performance Center and the CFO of Australian Bank, and of course his partner, Mark Higgins. Thanks for being by and coming all this way. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah, it's been good. Thanks. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 